0: how many of you believe we have been i would say the feast of the word for the last few sundays the lord has spoken to us if the two things that are making this church a place you run to is worship and the word they are coming forth so powerfully praise the name of the lord i don't know if, i don't know if it's just me but now it, it is becoming so wonderful to be here it is increasing in glory and dimension in every, every Sunday something is just adding on like a river flowing from the temple we are moving from knee deep to uh, to the angle deep and we are rising still praise the Lord and the river is rising to um, the loins and then it will become a place where we can only but swim that is our ultimate destiny we are coming into the fullness of the Holy Spirit Hallelujah. And so the theme of this month is we're chosen to be generous. And so we are in a month where our theme is giving. And I want to share, continue sharing on that. Praise the name of the Lord. I say praise the name of the Lord. Now, one of the most beautiful things about giving is that Jesus is excited about it. Of all things, if he dropped in here, Unfortunately, today we don't give like they used to give before. He stood and watched the giving. Not more, more. Mostly, he might not even ignore your worship and many other things. When he was in the temple, the Bible says he watched as they dropped their money, their things into the basket. God is people. Have you realized that people hate it when we they teach about giving, and not only the church but the world. If there's anything the world is ready to attack, whether it's the church teacher's generosity, they know that if we capture that heart of God, we'll change the world. Praise the name of the Lord. If the truly, you know, the question is not what will be done with the money. The question is that the seed has left your hand and God is responsible for it. Praise the name of the Lord. And so today, I want us to continue to, in the same vein as Pastor has been teaching us, and uh, learn to continue giving. Why do we give? We give because as disciples, we are learning from God Himself. Praise the name of the Lord. So when we read about, you know, God is by nature a giver. From onset, he has given almost everything there is. When he created man out of the dust, man became a lifeless dust. But he had to give something into him for him to become alive. From the very beginning, God has given. And so the Bible tells us, for God so loved the world, even when we missed it, he's still self-giving God, he gave. So the Bible says, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. This is the most profound message that if only the whole people crafted in a way that you capture it, then we will be able to understand that on the basis of this, the history of the world changed. Generations have never been the same because of this gift. Praise the name of the Lord. It is powerful truth. God did not just give, he gave himself. And for him, giving is who he is. Because the foundation of giving, the motivation of giving is love. And unless this is crushed, we may not understand why we are supposed to give. The number one reason we give is that because we love. Do you know that what you love, nobody has to tell you to give. You will give. You will sacrifice to give to that which you love. Praise the name of the Lord. Even in the natural, what you love, nobody has to tell you to give. You will give. So when we catch the temperature of giving in the church, we catch the love of people, love for God. How much do you love God? Because Him, He loved and He gave. You know, somebody said, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. Praise the name of the Lord. And so, love is the foundation, is the foundation, the motivation of our giving. And so... You We read this in John 3.16, which we think we know it well, but it is here everything begins. It expresses the beauty of of, of, of giving. It shows God's generosity like never before. But it doesn't end. Up. John wrote this, John 3.16. But funny enough, in 1 John 3.16, in a, in a letter, he also... Now, he tells us something. In the letter of 1 John three sixteen to 18, the Bible says, By this we know, love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our life for our brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does... God's love abide in him. Little children, let us not love in words or or talk, but in deed and in truth. Hallelujah. So God is not just telling us God is, is he loved and gave. And now as disciples, John is telling us the very thing that the father did is what he's demanding from us. Praise the name of the Lord. And the basis of our giving should be we lay down our life. We love. What is love? Love can be defined simply as seeking the good of another. It's going out passionately to see some good come to somebody else. It is all, It is what breaks the spirit of self-centeredness. Of selfishness, you go out of yourself to see that God does something for somebody else. You do something that makes somebody's life better. Praise the name of the Lord, and that is what love is about, and that's why God loves cheer forgiveness because it's coming out of love. Praise the name of the Lord, and so He's telling us here: we need to lay down our life for the sake of our our brothers. So in Luke. Six forty. Using English standard version, he says, "A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone when he's fully trained will be like his teacher." If we capture, we are the other translation, if we're perfect, will be like his teacher. If if we want to be quite a disciple of Jesus Christ as we think we should be, or we ought to be, then we need to be like him in giving. Instead of giving Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So God is speaking to us today. Our generosity should be modeled after the Savior's selflessness. He gave his life for us, so we're called to be willing to do the same. It isn't enough to talk about love. It needs to be expressed in concrete examples of generous sacrifice. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, um, we had a church, a planted a church in, us, in our city in Kenya, a place called Kitali. And we chose, God chose to send us to a, uh, a slum area. And uh, basically almost everything we did, I gave almost everything for everything that was there. My wife was working then. I took over 60% of our salary was given to, for the planting of this church to grow. We kept going and we, we knew they had nothing. And so we gave what we could and the church began to grow. But people began to be dependent. And one night the Lord said, teach them to give. Said, how? They don't have anything. They Teach them love. They, you, you're not going to carry them. You'll never grow. Yeah. And I, I, was, I didn't want to. Because no matter what, I will teach these people. Whatever they gave will not be enough to do anything. So I didn't want to. But I obeyed. And for four years... We taught children to give an equivalent of a uh, fifth cents, which is not much here, but is a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, adults would come with a dollar. Now that is not that is not the normal offering and give. That was something you bring, the minimum adults you bring to church. And people gave beyond one dollar. And in four years we had twenty seven thousand US dollars equivalent, wow. and raised the church in the place that was so poverty-stricken, our church now stands out one of the most beautiful things out there. Wow. Why? Because we were afraid these poor people have nothing, but God knew. And from that, God them speak to them to upgrade their lives. Mm-hmm. It wasn't spiritual. He said, those who have done it up to certificate level, tell them to go get a degree. And those who have a degree, tell them to get a master's. I said, how can I teach? I began to tell them, hey, go to school. <laughs> Go back to school. Only fifteen people out of our church went for next. The God, their degrees. About seven also got their masters, and they're still going on. This from a poor place. God has caused these people. Now the only problem is when God makes them flourish, they move to better places. <laughs> That's the only thing. But we still rejoice that God has done. As we speak right now, some are here in America, some are in Australia, some are in Switzerland, Germany, England. God has touched people from that poor place because we thought we were helping them, but we were killing them, without giving them a chance to participate. God is not. God is aware of your poverty. God is aware of what you have. It is not. When He says give, it's not that He's ignorant of what you're going through. He's very much aware of what, where you are in life. And so he's saying this: something in you that can give. There's something you can give. It was given this example in Congo. a um, pastor was told to give just like I've told you today. But he was also afraid to tell people to give. But he told people to give and people went home to bring and Some gave cloth and they didn't know uh, the way they built the church was a mine where diamond was. There always, God will always open a door for things you don't see. Because there are riches in hidden places, in dark places. All we need is God to open that door. But he, the key that opens that door is not prayer. Prayer gives you revelation of the heart of God and what God wants you to do. But the principle of giving is what opens the treasures of God. Praise the name of the Lord. And so we should learn to do this. Praise the name of the Lord. So today, because of that, I I am here, and we are going to have a conference of network of churches that we had planted, and now most of them are going to listen to this message, and are already networked with Living Word already. Almost uh, over 15 to 20 churches will be part of what God is doing here. Praise the name of the Lord. Um, the, this word would be impactful to them. I mean, I, I don't mean what I'm preaching, what we are preaching here. Yes. Praise the name of the Lord. And so they have a what we call open heaven dominion beginning on the 18th of this month. They're expecting me to be there, but we'll see what God will do. But the key is, God has begun to work. Giving shows. The reason he's so much excited about giving is looking to see if his children have got it. You like a father, when you look at your children, you want to see if what you have told them or what the most important thing to you if they captured what the essence of your heart, you get excited and it's one thing God is watching over to see if you have it, it's the heart of love do you love can you give I know we give praise the name of the Lord but sometimes we give out of routine because it's a giving time we should not do it as a ritual. We should come to our heart every time we are going to give. Make up your mind what you are going to give to the Lord. We are about to build a church here. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's reflect God's extravagant generosity. Let's build here forgivers. So number one motivation is to model our giving because God wants us to be like him as the student, as his disciples. We have to have that heart of love to give. The next thing that, that is important for us to understand that most of us got destroyed or hindered in this area, most of us. You will forgive me, I may step on your toes a little bit, but I want to see giving of our resources is very important. Uh, do you remember when God told the children of Israel to come out I mean deliver them from Egypt the Bible says how they found favor in Exodus 12 that they found favor and God gave them silver, gold and cloth to come out of Egypt it had a purpose the purpose is established in Exodus 25 it says uh, from verse 2 we, the pastor talked something about it but I just want to establish one other reason why we give it says speak unto the children of Israel that they may bring me an offering of every man that give it willingly with his heart you shall take my offering hey look at that word it is not somebody's offering it's what my take is taking out of you his offering hallelujah praise the name of the lord and this is the offering which you shall take He's very specific gold and silver brass and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and gold skin and rum skin dyed red patcher skins and sitam wood oil for the light spices for anointing oil and for sweet incense onyx stones and stones to be set in effort and in the priesthood, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. And this is the key word: we don't just give because we have to give. Giving has this one principle also: it's an opportunity for us to open ourselves to the relationship with the divine, relationship with God. He comes. Our giving builds a place for God to be. I mean, I will know you are the temple. You are not. We are not just talking about about uh, about the physical temple. There's a, a spiritual uh, a temple that is you. Now you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. When you build up, but the key here is they are giving out of what God already given them. He took an offering from. He has given them money with a purpose. But the problem is, before they do this. We see them using the same money, the same silver and gold, and molded an image. Because the devil is a liar. We use what God has given us to make a name for ourselves. Instead of making a name for God. They build, they, they, they forced Aaron to, to, to create for them a, calf, a golden calf to worship. They made a God. If there's one thing that God said more powerful than anything, it didn't even say, you serve two masters, and one of the masters was not even the devil, that God said as a person. He said, either you serve God or mammon, the spirit of mammon is powerful. Money that is not surrendered to God, that understand, somebody understands that God is the source of everything, the devil can take over easily. You can use what he has given you to build an idol. Instead of building a house for him, a place to honor him. Because God has a purpose. He says in Deuteronomy uh, 8 verse 18 that he has given us power to get wealth to establish his government. It's never just for that. Of course God wants us to prosper, but when we have built our houses, he says, when we're comfortable and we have all these things together, let it not come to our heart to say, my own power made me do this. But it's He who gave you power to get wealth, so that you can establish. What is the covenant? The covenant today is to preach the word, to 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 to, to bring into the house of the Lord, and continue uh, preaching the redemptive gospel of Jesus Christ that would deliver men from from all uh, 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 the the the, the snares of the enemy and bring them to freedom. So, are you going to be part of establishing the covenant of God by your gift? So we build. We're either going to give to God. Somehow, we're going to give ourselves. But when we give ourselves, mostly, it will go away. Somebody gave an example of John Wesley and his contemporary. There was a guy in his generation who was a banker, who was very rich. He a family friend. He was rich. And he gave their, few, their life. When John Wesley died, he had a... a a Methodist Cowan, and the two spoons, and a few things without... And the only thing he had on, on his name is the Methodist Church. Today we are still talking about John Wesley, but the friend is not known. Because this man gave to the Lord and gave himself selflessly. And his generation today is different. They speak of the same about Jonathan Edward, one of the revivists uh, in America. That his contemporary today, he has produced two presidents... He produced um, vice presidents, judges, lawyers of his generation. But there are people of his generation who are rich at that time. Some of them have nothing to show for it. So what you do today is very important. What are you doing? Are you you are giving your life, building a relationship with God? Because it's built on love. I'm not just saying this for this month. I'm saying this to become a lifestyle. So you that it can be, become a lifestyle. Learn to give what God has put in your heart. Learn to be aware of other people's needs. Because this is where you exemplify the heart of God. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. It's not hard for God not to tell you what you have. He will show you what you need to, to do. If you ask him. And so God wants you to give by yourself. He wants us to establish his covenant. But we must give it voluntarily, willingly. We must make up our mind to give. Praise the name of the Lord. It's, it does not just cause us to have a good relationship with God. It True giving affects where our heart stands. And so the Bible says, where Your treasure is there. Your heart is there also. Our heart moves towards its love, its affection. But our affection in the depth of our heart is is the center of our world. We do. Everything springs from there. What we do What we long to do, nobody will tell us when our life is fixed to that which we love. It will flow to that direction. So our heart moves towards what it loves. So what is your treasure? What does your heart treasure? Can we school this heart? Can we change it? Can we allow God to transform it so that it captures who God is? And therefore the treasure of our heart shifts and everything changes. And generosity is what pricks the spirit of going after things and draws our heart closer to God's heart. Now, generosity—we we, in our generation—we only see it in terms of money. But people, some of the people we talk, they give. They give. The people give land, give properties, give things. The first ever thing that God put in our hand, as a minister. We bought, bought a property in our city But it was closer to a church And so the Lord told us To donate it Which was very hard Because this is the first thing we wanted to own It was on a very strategic place We wanted to make it something But I said it's too close to the church to you For you to own it, give it to the church And we did And God never left us Praise the name of the Lord has blessed us with a little more property than that could have been. So I'm not saying this thing out of theory. For over years, I've seen the faithfulness of God in those who give themselves to the work of God. Please, if all of you today, 10 years ago, if you reflect correctively in your hearts, some of us will know our cry, our prayers were, God, if you do this for me, I'll do this. We we vowed if only god would visit us but now god has visited you, you're comfortable, you're forgotten but just think some of us said if only you give me this and god has done that please god is saying he has blessed you not to be comfortable he has blessed you to be a blessing the first the word first ever to be used love is used on abraham when you look in genesis chapter 26 abraham was um i'm not going there for the sake of time he was everything he had god gave him and he gave him isaac and reached a point where god said i want you to give me your son isaac you know thank god he never told his wife i don't I don't know, no matter how much I can say we are one and united. You tell the wife that I'm going to kill your son. It's not possible <laughs> it it doesn't make sense. It's not possible. but the guy obeyed the key is he obeyed. Just imagine how you love your child like that, and somebody tells you, I want him for sacrifice tomorrow. Well, we know that God doesn't want that, but God asked for that. Hey. And the man didn't question God. He had lived. You know, do you know why it was easy for him to do that? Not really easy. But this was not the first time Abraham was giving. God had told him to let go away Ishmael. What you don't understand is for Sarah, Ismail was another wife, another woman, his child. For Abraham, that was his son from his loins. It hurt him to let him go in the wilderness like that. And it was painful. It was his son. It doesn't matter how, what, it was his son. But he gave him away. So Isaac was a second thing God was demanding from him. It was on the first. This is, this is tough. Why would God give me what he takes away? But the key word here is that when God, this man showed that he'll do it, and the, the, the God vowed, for the first time God vowed, he didn't just tell him, say, now I know. That you fear the Lord. He didn't even say love the Lord. You fear the Lord. And in blessings, I'll bless you. God saw the heart of this man. Why? Because Abraham was modeling something God himself was going to do. God will never ask you to do something he's not going to do himself. Or he has done it himself. On the same mountain, God will provide his own son, just like Abraham provided Isaac. He will present him as a sacrifice. So he was telling him, And that is why God is excited and calls Abraham a friend. What was a seed of Abraham became the son of David and became our savior today. Hallelujah. Giving hearts. If somebody tells you this is not, but it's worth it. This man gave. And that is the first time we hear the word love. The love first mentioned is love is. He gave something. He said, your son whom you love. Even Isaac gave him to me. It's not just the son; he loved him because Isaac represented the future. Isaac was Abraham's continuation. Is his life, and God demanded that. Praise the name of the Lord. So God, sometimes in our relationship, it is not someone; it's not something that will provoke you to do in your own life, in your own walk with God. God will demand something. If you're really a prayerful person. If you don't want to walk with God and for God to tell you things that are dangerous, is don't pray. <laughs> Just enjoy Him from a distance. But if you walk with God closely, there are things He will begin to speak to you. That is, oh, no, 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 no. So, but, but, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Praise the name of the Lord. That is where we build the people that can stand at the test of times. Because we know it has come from God. Because if, if, if Abraham was not walking with God well, he would have, de- like today, he would have begun to, 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 to bind the demon that is about to kill his son. <laughs> Literally. But he had known the voice of God so clearly, he never doubted. Why? Because he had walked with God long enough to know, this is God. I could, I could, I could turn around and say, hey, I don't know if I could do that. No, it has to have grace to do this. So God gives grace. Sometimes things like this, you say, oh, I will do it. No, you can't. And then God gives you grace to do that. A situation like that, to give your son. But for us, God is not asking our children. He's asking your Isaac, that which you love most. His jealousy for what you love most. What you treasure, he's after. What is it that your heart is after? It's just jealousy. It's not that God wants to take it away from you. He doesn't want to share his heart, his love with anyone else. The Bible says God is a jealous God. It's jealousy for your love. What do you love? What is your Isaac? Can you present if he asks? And that is where true power begins to move. Our generation is not seeing much power today because people are not willing to live sacrificially in giving. When we begin to be selfless, God can trust us with power. But when we are self-centered, imagine God gives you power to begin to heal the sick like Peter, your shadow begins to heal people as you walk. And you are so proud and self-centered. It would destroy you. Because you say, look at me. I'm the most gifted man. But if you know it comes from God, you'll walk in humility and understand that you come from a place of brokenness. It is not you. It's God through you doing these things. And sometimes I feel in my heart that the reason we're not seeing these things is not that God is not doing it. It is that our idols are standing strong up more than our hearts are open to the Lord to do it. God can do it. God will do it. And he's going to do miracles in our generation like you've never seen before. It's a, it's a wave of revival that's going to hit this country. And it's not going to begin just from America. It's coming from Africa to America in a way you have never seen it before. And I, I'm not saying this out of God bears witness. I can speak this in the pulpit, in the presence of you all. Now, we are here not because we have to be. But we are here sent like Joseph to bring something unique in this country. God has sent us. Now, Sometimes we came by different means and our motivation was different. Like Joseph, he didn't go to Egypt willingly, did he? They sold him there. Some of us had different motivation to be here. But like Joseph, God sent us here hallelujah joseph ultimately realized it was not just happenstance god was in it as he brought him to egypt he sent him here to do something praise the name of the lord you are here in america today anybody with a good some form of employment in this country you can stand here with a thousand dollars and go almost anywhere in the world But not everywhere in the world can it can happen like that praise the name of the lord as a resourceful nation but it will be useless if that is the only thing we see america spiritually the moral fiber of this land is dying it cannot stand the onslaught of darkness that is coming upon this country and lays another generation rises with a voice that's different from what is going on. And the answer does not lie in White House, it lies in Church House. If the church does not rise, and we shift our focus from politics to arm and look at the church, that the church be prepared to bring change in this land. And I believe the living word is positioned for such a time as this. Praise the name of the Lord, that we be part of what God is about to do in this land. Hallelujah. Joseph took over the whole of Egypt and bought everything in Egypt, for the glory of god we will see the hand and the power of god move but we must give ourselves too for god gave himself you look about the people the bible talks about the greatest gift you can give to god is yourself when you've given yourself your heart whatever else the bible says you are not your own you know that's in the bible that you are bored with a price now If you are bought with a price, you are not your own. Everything you own is not yours. So don't tell us what you have. It's not yours. It is for he who bought you. (laughs) And therefore, if he demands it, he takes it. Are you willing to give back to him who gave it to you? That's what we are trying to say in many words. Learn to understand you are just a good steward of the resources God has put in your hand. And it's a resource of time, resources of of finances, resources of wisdom and giftings. Some of you, God has not educated you just to be a good, learned person. But that's a platform for something powerful. So use every gifting and every lifting in life for the glory of God. Praise the name of the Lord. So let our heart move closer to God because we are uh, a generous people. Because he says, if 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 you brother whom you see with your eyes and you don't want to show love to them, how can you love God whom you do not see? And so that's why Jesus said, "I was in jail and you didn't see me. I was sick and you didn't come to see me." That was this that disturbed me when I was reading for the first time. How can Jesus be in these all places? But if you want to see Jesus in true manifestation, He's not necessarily in the church. He's sometimes in the place of sickness, a place of need. The list of these, when you visit him in places like that, you see him. Can I tell you something? There's no human human being on the face of the earth that God doesn't love. Because he created them. The fact that they're messed up and disfigured by the enemy doesn't change. They're his children. I remember in those days when we were born again in early... You, you're young sometimes. <laughs> Man, the passion to see people saved was the greatest thing that, that, that captivated our hearts. We prayed for our brothers, our sisters, our cousins, everybody by name because we are afraid they will not make it to heaven. But today we are so casual. We are so laid back. We think they will just come to church by themselves. How come? Why are we not passionate about people? You know, my, my son Joshua, he will kill me sharing this. But... Uh, one of the he came back from school and uh, nobody was in the house he looked, he was almost about to scream because he thought rapture had come (laughs) he was six years old then, but we were so uh, uh, teaching about Jesus coming and all these things uh, the bible was so real and people took it seriously and so he was very seriously aware that this, the, the, the day will come when the church will be taken. And so mom is not there, dad is not there, everybody is not in the house. Where is everybody? He thought rapture had happened and he's the one left behind. <laughs> Thank God he was not left behind. I pray he will never mature out of that fear of God. Praise the name of the Lord. There's always an understanding that it's possible, church, especially now. You see the Bible says... As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. As it was in the days of Tom and Komor. They will be drinking and being given to drink. People will be looking for special happenings for Jesus to come. But the Bible says no more life will be going on. Why? People will be marrying and being given to marriage. And the Son of Man will come. And so... Hallelujah. <laughs> I feel... Well, pray to the Father that that happens. I mean I, that one of the things that is stopping that is that is where we were some of us too. We say, God don't come until I get married. <laughs> I, I just want to see this life. But you know, one thing I can tell you this when you go, you will be consumed with something that you'll miss nothing because you are all affections, all love is consumed in him. You can never be in the presence of God and miss anything else. Hello? That is the consummation of all loves and desires. I mean, I'm not saying that. I mean, I pray to God that He hastened your marriage and you get your partner. Hallelujah. So don't play about it. Have you even fasted to get one? Oh, why do you expect to get something that you are not praying for? You see, the Bible says, there's a man who told us, when God, initially God just created Adam and gave him a wife. But the problem is, Adam complained. The woman you gave me. Now God say, He who finds means you must seek. It is no longer God's going to give you just like that. <laughs> Again, you must shine your eyes. Oh, <laughs> praise the name of the Lord. Look, <laughs> look. Yeah, it's not. It's not bad to see it's not bad to open your eyes you seek so it has to be intentional the problem with generation is that most of us pretend if you want something go for it with all your heart hallelujah you know that you want to get married and you pretend you don't want to it is not really important it is important it is important so lay it before the lord so that he can give you the best praise the name of the lord So. If we do it the way we look for money, we'll get the best out of life. Praise the Lord. So, that was by the way we were distracted from giving to receiving. <laughs> but it's, also, it's okay. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. I feel your heart that He might come before you, You're married, <laughs> But you need, you need to be intentional. Some of you are of age. Hallelujah. Yeah. Ask. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Amen. Knock and it shall be opened. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I know. Praise the Lord, church. Well, it's part of life. Unfortunately, we are, teach- we are preaching to a a generation of people who are in that category a lot of you <laughs> hallelujah so you know i i, I heard of david yonk um one of the guy who had uh, this biggest church in the world still is and the guy came to him he wanted to get married and he said what what do you want he prayed, he said, I want this kind of a man, this and this and this. And lady asked the Lord, said write it down. Go pray. And they prayed together. And two years later, the lady comes to him and says, This is my man, exactly the way they prayed. The problem is our generation today, prayer is something we just forced to do. But the certain things, especially in this generation, I think you need to pray more than some of us prayed. Because it's even worse today to know who is a genuine partner to share life with. So please, pray. Pray a little bit harder. You don't have to see. The problem, some of us see somebody and we go before God and pray, that one, God, give it to me. God will never give you that. Just pray before you see. Let God begin to bring them to you. Praise the name of the Lord. Because when you pray with the motive of already what you have seen, you kind of tell God what you want. God cannot bless what you seek. God will bring to you what is blessed. Are you there? Now, that that is what you... If you come on Saturday, you will hear that in a different way. <laughs> praise the name of the Lord. Let's, let's preserve that for the... yeah. Praise the name of the Lord. By the way, men, uh, we are... We have decided as men to sponsor 10 people for this. for the, for the for, for, oh. Hallelujah. For, for lunch on here. So we'll be giving that. Uh, today is the giving day for that. I know men know that. It's just $25 you to sponsor somebody You can give us four or two or one. And then we'll be good fathers. Praise the name of the Lord. Because it's a giving month for us. That is our token. So I want to go to the... The other reason why we, we give. Because we give because what God has given us is a seed of our future. The Bible clearly said, it's a promise, the promise to our generosity. The Bible says, um, in Genesis chapter 1 from verse 11 to 12, the Bible says, He created things, the harps yielding seed, whose seed is in itself. That is in some part of itself. Hallelujah. God, blessings, whatever he has put, whatever he wants to increase in your life is already in your hand. Almost everybody God has come to, he said, what is in your hand? What do you have? He didn't, he, he told Moses, what is in your hand? And that stuff became a miraculous working power. He came to multiply bread he said what do you have give them something to give because you already deposited something in us the miracle is already in this house there is an idea a creative idea that can change the world it's already in you a business thing that has nobody else has but you because you love god he can give you that creative idea the same god who told joseph to bring out wisdom and and cancel egypt to prosperity do you think he can ignore his children that he cannot give you an idea that is uniquely you so that it can generate resources for you to be it's not only only that a seed is already in us but a seed unless it falls in the ground and dies it abides alone what you have as life in a seed form will never be of any value until it leaves your hand and falls in the ground until it's sown and so he gives bread to the eater, and a seed to the sower. There's something God has put in your hand to plant. To and that is what will make sure your future is secured. For us as human beings to secure our future, our seed is always being propagated. Hallelujah. Gen- uh, financial is the same. What you have that you can put into the hand of God again. Jesus was the promised seed, the seed of the woman but as long as he remained alone, he was only what, the only one with the power. He was the only one who could heal. He was the only one who could This. He was the promised seed from the beginning. He became manifest, but he was only one. And then he died and rose. A seed is a mystery. It has within it the power of resurrection. Hallelujah. There's something that God has given you that if you seed it, it will change everything about you. So there is generosity, there is a promise with it. That what we give goes into the future and has capacity within it to multiply. For God to bless you, a normal farmer, would, I used to watch my mother at a, after harvest. The first thing they, we saw her do when we had good harvest was to look for choice cobs that we had harvested. The best out of the, of the corn were taken to be preserved for seed for the next planting now, you guys have lived in the cities most of your life you don't understand but if you are going to plant we, we, they didn't have seed companies that have prepared seed they had to preserve their own seeds and for you to have a quality seed you have to get the best of your harvest out of your harvest you get the best and preserve it to be planted for the next generation but the problem with us as a church is that we take the weak, the least good ones, out of the harvest, and that's what we give to the Lord. Now so, in Malachi, God complains that what you give me, you cannot even give to your own governors. The lamb, the weak, you bring. That's what the Israel had begun to do. They were giving, yes, but they were giving the lamb out of their flocks. They were giving the broken ones. And God said, what you are giving me, you cannot even give, give to You are leaders, you are governors. Where is my honor? When I ask you today, God deserves the best, for he gave the best. Look in your heart. These are personal things. We are not preaching this to you so that we can covet something right now. But let your lifestyle be a lifestyle of blessings. We are asking you to look into your heart, alone in your prayer life, in your way as you walk with God what is the best you can present before God? It cannot be money. It can be anything. But because money now quantifies everything we do, it is the best thing to measure our giving. To God, Praise the name of the Lord. Are you willing to see God impact your life? Actually, it's not so much that we will receive something. Giving by itself is a powerful thing. It releases you to know that it's a cheerful thing to see that your life has changed the life of another. It's important. And as a church, my heart is that the spirit of generosity will be in this church. Not because of this month of giving, but throughout the years we go, uh, because we're expecting beyond expectations. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's give a little bit more than we have given nobody's challenging you so that uh, the beautiful thing in this church is the pastor does not re- rely so much on much of this almost everybody here is taken care of them by themselves but that's not the way Bible says now the pastor is not here don't let him say that are you listening to me he may choose to be blessed by his own means but if he does not partake of who you, what you have, you may not partake of what he has for you. Are you listening to me? It doesn't matter how much pastor has. You see, Isaac didn't lack food when he told his son, go. Bring me a basin so that I can eat. And when I feel the juice of it going down, I bless you. There's something about it. The mouth that has eaten blesses. Bless the man of God. Praise the name of the Lord. Again, that is uh, the Bible says that today people will be so controversial and say so many things. But we should not throw away, away that water with the baby needs because things are bad. We need to understand that what the enemy attacks most, maybe we should step back and understand. Why is he against giving and prosperity? Why is almost everybody pointing a finger? Sometimes we, if we look carefully, we will realize the enemy is afraid. He's afraid of generous people because they can change the world. I remember in those days growing up, a song was sung by a man, I don't know, but the key word out of that, it was a, a young boy gave 25 cents, and his mother said, they use that for Africa most of the times. my son, this can give a child in Africa lunch of food. He said, what if I give a half? He said, oh, that will feed a few. And what if i give a dollar uh, my son that will feed many and he said dad what if i give my all He said my son that would change the world so it's not the dollar it's not this but if you give your all you give who you are and whatever you have it can change the world and that boy's land changed the world that woman who came and broke that which was precious upon jesus the bible says everywhere the bible uh the, the, the gospel was going to be preached will be mentioned the question is she she was giving to somebody who was already going to give himself for the whole world. And she did it beforehand. May the Lord teach us to understand that spiritual giving is so spiritual. It's part of our growing up as a disciples of Jesus Christ. You can never be like your teacher if you're not doing what your teacher is doing. So if we're fully trained, we fully capture his heart, we must be people who are generous because God is love gives, and that's the message I have for us today love gives. Love gives. Let our hearts be drawn towards God. Let's build God a place that He can dwell among us by what we have. If we give, we are inviting Him to, to, to us. It's the same thing, a finish. Uh, David said in Psalms 132 that I will not give slumber to my eyes until I have built a place for the God of Jacob. Again, you can read it for yourself. It's a, a beautiful thing. But it, it comes from a place where he had reached a point where he told him, he, God had given him rest around about, about and he said, I want to build God a house. And when God had that, God said, the son of jesus want to build me a house but god reversed it and began to say i'll build your house that will be for generation and generation everlasting because you have proposed to do this for me i'll do it for you i'll be the one to build your house but for you your son will do it and if we build god a house of devotion he'll build us a house of ministry a house of changing things praise the name of the lord i say praise the name of the lord understand God is excited about our giving, because He's a giving God. He's an excited Father to see you give. You are really exemplifying who He is. You're modeling Him. Say, oh, look, my daughter is just like me. In a simple way. Isn't it beautiful to see your children look like you and do things like you do? Reflect what you do. And that's what He's looking for. Not so much is it that the cattle on the thousand Hill belongs to Him. The wild and the fullness of the is His. What is it that you can give God that He never gave you? Even your own breath is a gift. If He took what is His, what will you remain with? And if that is the case, don't you think it's good for you to give to God? Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.